Good afternoon. This is the weekly wrap for Friday, March 17th. Trade flows and market dynamics were clearly centered around the banking crisis that started late last week with the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. Over the weekend, the Federal Reserve did step in and guarantee all the depositors of that bank, not just the ones uh, with the $250,000 limit. So that sent a wave of relief over the market uh, on Monday. The problem was is that there were a number of banks that have similar setups, similar structures as Silicon Valley, and those banks got attacked and they went under as well. So we're up to about three or four banks now. And what got Silicon Valley Bank in trouble was the fact that they had so much money, about 80% of their deposits tied up in long duration, meaning they took the customer's deposits, they didn't pay them anything in return, but they went out and sold 30-year, 20 and 30-year notes for 2, 3, 4% and captured that premium. And so the bank was making money on that idea. The problem was is that the customers wanted their money back and so when the run on the bank started, the bank had to go out into that long duration and buy them back. So now they're short at 3, 3.5% and had to buy it back at 5 and 6%. And they essentially lost money on that and ran out of money. And so it's a very simplified version of what happened to their bank and how they collapsed. It was a lapse in risk management that was mostly their fault, but it was all set up by the Federal Reserve and how extraordinarily aggressively they have been raising rates. So the market immediately went out and tried to find other banks with similar structures and shorted them and bank runs began on other banks. The Federal Reserve has since set up a facility that allows banks with similar situations to go out and sell those long duration at full value and essentially try to keep them from getting a run on their bank. Uh, The market came in and in literally one week borrowed from the Federal Reserve some $300 billion in one week. So that just puts to, you know, in perspective the scale of the problem of these small and medium-sized banks and what they're coming running up against. So understand what just happened. The Federal Reserve bailed out these banks. They should have gone under, uh, but they, they didn't as far as the depositors. Uh, but they guaranteed the depositors, but the banks will lose their value in their stocks and their stock prices. So the investors in these banks will lose their money but the depositors themselves will be fine. So that is not necessarily uh, sending a wave of confidence over the market. There's still a fair amount of anxiety. A very similar situation happened with Credit Suisse, which is a very large Swiss national bank. Uh, Their government had to come in, their banking system had to come in and guarantee Credit Suisse. So the anxiety uh, has now moved from just a US problem to global. And the market is essentially pointing the finger at the Federal Reserve and saying, it's your fault. You got too arrogant in how quickly you raised rates. You got too arrogant in your lack of understanding of the knock-on effects. And you single-handedly have created this problem. The problem comes now next week when the Federal Reserve meets. They were expected to raise rates by a quarter of a point. And now the market isn't sure what they're going to do. They're basically trapped. They can go ahead and raise rates a quarter point and pretend that everything's fine and they're going to fight inflation. 
But knowing that that quarter point rate rate hike will put more banks under stress and that will force them to expand their balance sheet even more and essentially save more banks. Or they cannot raise rates, admit that they need to slow down, uh, put their pride in their pocket and uh, slow down. And the market just isn't quite sure how Chairman Powell is going to handle this. It, he's essentially damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. So we've still got a lot of drama and things to work through uh, this banking crisis, and it isn't going away anytime soon. So the market, essentially the macro market and the managed money, has decided to bail on a lot of their commodity positions. We're finally getting caught up on the CFTC reports, and we found out that essentially the week of February 28th, and the following week of the February uh, March 3rd, managed money liquidated um, 147,000 contracts of corn one week. That was the largest single liquidation ever recorded, and then another 40,000 contracts the following week. So they were long 200,000 contracts of corn. They're now only long about 20,000. Now we did not get today's CFTC report, which was last week's action. But the trade is speculating that they're now flat corn. So understand that the managed money has sold about a billion bushels of corn in about two or three weeks. And that essentially overrides the system, overwhelms the system with too much corn, and the technicals on the chart broke down. And that's why corn broke from this 680 area down to 620, and it has now since recovered back to 634. Um, China has stepped in and bought a fair amount of corn this week. They bought uh, supposedly around 2 million metric tons. That's what they admit to. Um, so that they have responded with a strong cash market demand. We've seen basis levels essentially elevate. We've seen the spreads completely blow out on the May-July on corn. So it is apparent that the cash market is responding to this massive fund liquidation with big purchases. In the soybean market, uh, we saw the, the market break as well, but it came back pretty strongly. Uh, it has now started to liquidate here over the last few days. We talked technically how May corn, May soybeans could break down to that 1460, 1450 area and still find decent support, in my opinion. Uh, the wheat market has uh, technically absolutely found a bottom here. And we have found out, along with that massive sell-off in corn, that the funds have now built out a record short position in wheat for this time of year. So their short combined some 110 to 120,000 contracts of wheat, which is incredibly dangerous uh, with the, uh, the fundamental setup in this wheat market, but they just don't seem to care. So where do we stand? I think the crop losses in Argentina continue to grow. Uh, many in the trade are now not at 33 on beans where the USDA, they're at 25 million metric tons or less. They are uh, not at uh, 40 on the corn crop in Argentina, they're at 33 or less. And so there is some uh, 10 to 15 million metric tons of grain that still is coming off the global balance sheet, further tightening both the corn and the bean balance sheets. Wheat is already, from a global perspective, at record tight stocks-to-use ratios. 
So understand what you're witnessing here. You're seeing some of the tightest global stocks to use ratios ever recorded for corn, ever recorded for wheat. Beans are on their way to get there and the funds are selling because they're more worried about macro issues. And so what we're setting ourselves up for is a, a very explosive situation. Why? Because the U.S. balance sheet is also very tight on corn, very tight on beans. It's okay on corn. Um, and so at some point when the funds are done selling and we're done worrying about the macro banking issue, we're going to have to deal with a global crisis in grain availability that will play out at some point this summer. So the irony is, as the managed money has blown out of these positions, it's actually got me more and more bullish the grains. Now, I still think we're getting back to $7 corn. I still think we're going to $16 beans, and I still think wheat's going to $9. These are all prices we're going to hit without a weather problem. For cotton, we did see a very good sales week, 250,000 bales. And remember that the USDA has us selling 12 million bales of cotton into the export market this year. With this week's sale at 250,000 bales, we already have sold 11.35 million bales. So understand that with two or three more weeks of these sales, we're going to hit the government number by the end of March, beginning of April. We will have another 16 or 17 weeks of sales that will most likely put us to that 13 to 13 and a half million bale number on the export sales. And now the question will be becoming whether we actually physically ship it all. And so time will tell, but at this point, we are absolutely going to surpass the export sales number put out by the USDA. They're just way too low on that number. And then so if the lower we get here, cotton prices are doing double duty. They are stimulating demand toward the U.S. We are the cheapest cotton in the world. And I suspect from what I'm hearing from the merchants, we could see another very big week for cotton sales next week. So we're doing two duties at one time. We're stimulating a lot of demand. We're lowering acres for next year. And, you know, the longer we sit down here in this low to mid-70s area, the, 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 the more work we're doing on repairing this balance sheet, creating a far bigger move later on. Last week, we had to take some action to defend ourselves, knowing that we were expecting that 90 to 95 cent area in cotton. Those are still my targets, but we're just not going to see that on the May contract. We have to plan on not seeing those numbers until the July. So uh, understand that these headlines related to banking crisis and the expansion of the government's balance sheet that has subsequently lowered the U.S. dollar. That broke down pretty hard this week <clears throat> as the government has now uh, reestablished a, a, a quantitative easing approach. If that breaks the dollar down even further, we're going to stimulate more demand for corn, more demand for cotton, and more demand for soybeans in the United States, further tightening our old crop balance sheets, across the board, creating a far more explosive situation this summer. So from a marketing perspective, all my targets are still in place. 90, 95 cent cotton on the July contract. $7 plus corn on the July contract. $16 beans on the July contract. Those are all still in play. Uh, so for the next 30 days, are we going to see that? Probably not. We're going to see more managed money exit their positions out of fear and anxiety related to this global banking crisis. 
that's fine with me. As long as I'm seeing the demand stimulated, uh, we're going to be fine. And so just understand for the next 30 days, there's not much we're going to do. Let's just focus on getting our crops in the ground, getting them planted, and just ignore the board and let the market do its job in stimulating demand. So that's the update. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. These are my opinions and not those of ADM or ADMIS. Take care.